maybe like the Gladiator soundtrack. What the, the <laughs> Maximus from Years Death and the Strength and Honor. Do, 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 do. I don't know how the music goes well, to that. Do you know the name? Do, do, do. Lastly, why do you know the name of the song and why do you know the actual like song song? I, that's like one what? of my no, favorite I just know things. Gladiator. What Gladiator is your favorite movie? Uh, it's not my favorite movie, but it's one of my favorite soundtracks. Is this recording? Is it by Hans Zimmer? <laughs> is it by Hans Zimmer? Oh, he's fucking so Zimmer. good. Hans Zimmer is so good. Um, this is recording, isn't it? Yeah? Yes. All right, we'll just get into it then. Um, right. right, okay. I was about to swear, but... I no, guess. no, you oh, can. it's explicit. <laughs> just fucking go for it. It's fine. <laughs> what? Beep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what are we? Podcast number, whatever we are. Twelve. Twelve? It's in the title. Um, we have joining us our first... In the title. Yeah, people will click on it. Yeah, like reading numbers. I know. It's in the title of the manuscript. Yeah. Proceed. Proceed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, is, are you our first guest who's not a student? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're breaking boundaries. Uh, with us we have Dr. Boyan, please pronounce your last name for me. Tamburich. Tamburich. Very nice. Very nice. So, I'm the first taxpayer on your podcast. Hey, we pay taxes. I pay tax. Oh, Not a lot of it. Like, very little, but... Although, to be fair, my salary does come from the taxpayer, so I... I yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Scrap it's that. It's cyclical. <laughs> Take that out. Take that out. Right, so we have Dr. Bojan Tamburic. Um, oh, nice. So, we want to get down to a bit of nitty-gritty of stuff like, how'd you get here? Why'd you get into science? And how'd you start getting into this? Um, what do you work in? And why do you still do what you do? There are a lot of questions. Do you there. still feel passionate about algal biosystems? <laughs> um, I have a question about postdocs and what they do. I've only right. recently found out that they don't just supervise people and do research, apparently. Um, what else are they meant to do? I don't know. That's why we've I, got I guess we'll get to that. And after I've answered the hundred questions, there's <laughs> only seven. He, he can't remember all of them. I've already. Well, I can remember them all. I've got them written down. And what's so good about beach volleyball? Okay, so, like, your other guests, they're all talking about hobbits and, like, Harry Potter, and you, yeah. you're asking me serious questions now? We can talk this about... This is not serious. Well, well, we can talk about what you like. Do, do you have a, a pop culture reference, a movie, a book that symbolizes where you are in your scientific journey that you'd like to open to the floor? Okay, and I'll try and answer some of your other questions with that as well. Yeah, oh, excellent. All right, so I finished my PhD, right? Yeah. I did my PhD in the UK at Imperial did College. You? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I was in London. Um, I love. I was already tea. doing <laughs> Anis pouring tea yeah. for the listeners at home. Oh, we've who, by the way, are I think just me. Yeah, Am I, I think, the only I think listener it's just on this you, podcast. Really? Okay, good. Well, has Chris stopped listening to us? Chris was listening to. This. Hello, future Boyan. <laughs> breaking the third wall right there. Oh no! <laughs> cool. So you're in London. Yeah, so I finished my PhD, so let's let's go with the Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, very nice. So that's all done. It's finished. And you then... Got to I got I got to Mordor. I got out of Mordor. How long did your PhD take? Three, three and a half? Uh, took about four years with the writing. Okay. Yeah. It's very fitting, because I feel like the journey is that long. Yeah. In actual real life. We have three, three and a half year scholarships mm. in, in the UK. Okay. And then you finish your scholarship and then you write. So the scholarship is just for your lab time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you write off your own money, so to speak. Pretty much, yeah. So I, I did get a little sort of research contract position that 
I could then work a little bit at university mm. while I finished writing my PhD. Oh. And that's a common arrangement. Yeah. So your supervisor like just has some, has some money lying around. They just pay you to to essentially transfer the knowledge, uh, which is something that doesn't happen very much at this place. Yeah. yeah. Um, you get the next PhD student that's coming in, you transfer your knowledge to that student, mm. uh, that you write nice. up, and then you move on. That would be nice. It's that's a nice system. That's what should have done for us. <laughs> Anyway, hey, can we not bring in any names here? Okay, sorry, like, we'll just cut that. Unprofessional. <laughs> he gets paid to be. Hey, listen. So I finished the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And now you'd expect me to grow up and move to some, you know, serious movie genre, like maybe some well, vaguely pornographic French dramas or you know whatever. Something it is. noir. Yeah, yeah, something noir. No, that's <laughs> um. But what actually happened was that I got recruited to star in The Hobbit. That's <laughs> <laughs> a shitty movie. Well, it did come after Lord of the Rings chronologically well, in the film sense. There's the thing. Yeah. So you basically get a freaking sequel, right? I did my PhD and now this is the sequel of the PhD. And, and it's worse. It's always worse. No, look, you have be- better special effects and you got like uh, dwarves riding goats. Were they goats? I think they were goats. There's all sorts of new weird shit going on. But essentially, it's more of the same thing. Okay. And you're cool. kind of stuck in the cycle where you're still doing the same thing and you're like, oh, you know, what, just what am I going to do works. next? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you do? Like, what's your specialty? Uh, so, I'm an algal biotechnology expert. Whoa. Expert, <laughs> expert out there. He is an expert, though. Like. An expert. <laughs> you you've earned that title. be an expert. Uh, the PhD and the five years of experience post PhD. I'm going to be an expert after this PhD. You'll be an expert in uh, growing up bacteria over and over. Mm, true. <laughs> I've just done the same experiment twice a week for about six weeks. Should you have been doing it twice a week for six weeks, or, yes. or just once? It was a different. It was different bacteria each time. Okay, that's fine. Three different each time. Anyway. Hey, I'm going to expand the analogy. Yeah, go for it. This is your it. We've, we've gone crazy, so we might as well keep it up. So guess who I am in The Hobbit? Um, are you the one that dies in the end? The uh, king. The a, king. A lot of them die in the end. Okay, the king one. No, the, the one that got like ostracized or something. Not the goblin king. <laughs> I would. I would have gone with Gandalf. Oh, Guiding <laughs> students to Gandalf. No, are so, you um? What's the name of the elf chick? I'm not the elf chick, I'm Legolas. Oh, uh, unless I you mean Legolas is the elf chick. Because he <laughs> oh, does he's look very pretty. He's very pretty. Yeah, he's a pretty individual. I'm Legolas, right? Why? So I'm, I'm kicking ass. Like, I'm killing orcs <laughs> left, right, and center. Who are the orcs in this scenario? Publications. Publications. Oh. <laughs> you shoot them down. Students shutting But it all down. counts for nothing in the end because the chick that I love which is now an analogy for a permanent scientific job. Doesn't exist. Or uh, doesn't love you. <laughs> goes to the dwarf instead. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's gone to... Gone to so the there's dwarf. another dwarf out there who's taking into Bloody dwarfs coming yeah. in here, taking our jobs. Yeah. Shout out to my friend Igor if he's listening. Uh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening. I'm going to send him the He podcast. will win now. Um, so how did you first get into science? Like, where, where did your passion start? Was it a high school teacher? Were you, I don't know, experimenting on dead cats or something? Like, I was not in love with my high school teacher, wasn't that? Not at all. Like, no, no, that's fine. Uh, actually, it's it's a bit random. So sure. 
in the English system, you tend to specialize quite a bit in the last few years of high school. So you're only allowed to do a few subjects. Mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up doing a lot of maths and physics and economics. So a lot of... Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. get in there. <laughs> All right. Economics. Yeah. I'm, I'm a really cool person like that. Yeah, I can tell. And then I applied. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I applied. Actually, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an astronaut. But I have Serbian nationality, so that was never going to happen. We're going to let that Wait, so, really? Yeah. When did you, like... I never held the dream of being an astronaut as a child. I was like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You'll never get to do it. Mm -hmm. How long did you hold on to that dream for? I'm not saying it was crushed. I'm just saying if we get to Mars, you might be helpful. Uh, I guess I held on to that dream until I started playing basketball a bit seriously as a kid and then I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Alright. So you, you weren't at 18 finning your, finishing nah, your yeah, GSEs and being like, like I'm going like, to be an astronaut. That was like a little period from four four years old until eight years old. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's that's cool. every kid's dream, right? No, I didn't no, have that no, dream. Some I just kids have like fireman. <laughs> he wanted to be a fireman. Look at him. No. No, he wanted to be a woodcutter in Canada. <laughs> Maybe. Almost. He was a grass cutter in yeah, Canada. Yeah, a grass. A grass cutter. It's the same thing, yeah, right? Did you mow lawns with your axe? Uh, like, no. Oh, oh yeah, like a cipher. Like, what is it called? A what? what? Not a cipher. <laughs> this is what I'm working with. No, the one that's really long when it's moved. A cipher. <laughs> a cipher. Yeah, that. What's a cipher? Like yeah, a code, right? Hey. Yeah. Wait, isn't it called a sickle? Oh, or a cypher, I mean. Mm, I, I thought cypher was the thing that death walked around with, like the oh. big thing. And the sickle's the, the sickle's sickle, the shorthand version yeah, of the, the sickle's the thing that the on, the, on, the, on the USSR yeah. flag. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of, a sickle. Yeah, so what were we talking about? You were doing maths and physics and economics <laughs> yeah, in the back end of your English schooling. This is the greatest thing about it, it just goes anywhere. <laughs> you were doing maths, English, oh, physics and economics in England and you somehow fell into science. Yeah, so I went on holiday just before. I applied to lots of different subjects at uni uh, in lots of different places. Really? You just I threw it out there? I just threw it out there. That's smart. I like and because I was a fairly good student in a shit school mm -hmm. that's well looked upon in the UK. So I The got school's into, well looked mm. upon? No, the, the position of being a good student in a shit school. Oh, right. strategic on your parents' part? Did they know about <laughs> They had no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. They were like, oh, he'll be good for that 70 shit No, we, we emigrated to the UK and, like, in, in Serbia, all the schools are the same. It's uh, the communist system. It doesn't matter what school you go yeah, to. Yeah, sure. So they were like, yeah, we'll just put him in the... It doesn't matter in what school. ...in the local school and this happened close. to be an inner London comprehensive where... Oh, right. Uh, a couple of years after I left, one of the teachers got raped by a student. <laughs> so it really wasn't a very good school. Yeah, no. didn't a lot of people in your year die or something? Uh, just a few of them, yeah. Just a few. Heavy. No, my mum went to school in a communist country. And <laughs> there, there are some, like, expensive, like, more better schools and stuff. They're not all the same. Like, the Chinese the ones about... in Vietnam okay. are, like, keeps expensive and supposedly way better. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Chinese schools in Serbia are really good. Who's so. <laughs> yeah. to say? Yeah. My grasp of know. Cantonese was not good enough <laughs> to attend. <laughs> well, your loss. Hey, can I finish my story? Yeah, yeah, you went on holiday. I was going to Sorry, okay. Yeah, so I went on holiday to Serbia, as you do. And then on the way back, I literally drew, like, I put uh, my university acceptance um, 
acceptances into a hat that I drew out of a hat. What? Fuck off. I was flying back with my dad and Fuck I picked off. out <laughs> and what I picked out was uh, physics with a year in Europe at Imperial College London. And that's what I did. So cool. it could easily have been economics and statistics at LSE. Yeah, okay. And then I would have been an even bigger prick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See? So, So what do you specialize in physics? Light, I imagine. Uh, Is that your... Yeah, so I... You can really go two routes with physics. You can go the theoretical or the experimental way. And I went the experimental way. No one goes the theoretical, do they? (laughs) Yeah, some of my friends did. They were strange people. I had some strange friends. Hardcore maths in theoretical physics. My best friend at uni... Shout out to Matt, because um, yeah, Matt. he's definitely listening. Uh, he used to he used to get so stressed for exams that he would like pull at his eyebrows. Oh no! So that by exam day he actually had no eyebrows. Oh! Looked like a cancer patient. That's serious stress. Um, yeah, no, I've never been through anything that. Wait, only one eyebrow though? No, both. both. <laughs> like he started on one and then got to the other one and. Yeah, fortunately he shaved so he didn't, couldn't take out his beard as well. <laughs> so That would be better, he should have grown his beard before exam time, then just picked out his beard and then... So these are theoretical oh. physicists. Yeah. So I think... Uh, Don't do that. Yeah. It's a health thing. I was going to bring out a name, but we said no name. Just leave it. Someone we know. <laughs> Yeah, he's don't, a, don't bring out the an, an older gentleman who uh, comes to lectures and falls asleep in the front row. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. Yes. Yeah, so I went the experimental way and did a lot of optics, a lot of laser technology, a lot of se- semiconductor tech. So that's okay, cool. Um, and you transistors and that kind transitioned of stuff. into biosystems with algae through photosynthesis, <laughs> I imagine. Or? Uh, tra- I transitioned to a master's in sustainable energy. Oh, okay. I thought I would be doing solar energy. I tried to get a project in solar energy, but they're all taken by smarter people. Uh, so so I ended up in using solar energy to grow biomass. Okay, yeah. So using photosynthesis essentially to convert light energy into chemical energy. Yep. And there was a project on using algae to do this. And so during my master's, I started my project in, in making hydrogen which could be the sustainable fuel of the future because when it burns, it just produces water. Yeah, exactly. Uh, water and energy. Um, and, and yeah, then I stayed on to do a PhD on this topic. And I started getting more and more into biochemical engineering. So I went from physics to energy to biochemical engineering and then here at C3 to more hardcore biology. Okay. Do you still harbor a passion for science in general? Like, is, is it still what gets you up in the morning? You still like doing science? I harbor a passion for the scientific method and the conceptual way of how science should be done, which is to make observations in the real world, come up with hypotheses, test those hypotheses rigorously. Rigorous. Expose them to the scrutiny of your peers mm-hmm. and eventually publish your your research to the general public and to the scientific audience but yeah I'm, I'm not a big fan of the way science is the current state of, uh, of academia let's put it that way um, can you expand on that you don't have to like how do you mean the current state of academia you know a lot more about this than 
Obviously me or Anne. I think Anne's got, got two sure. papers. I've got no, one. No, Have you got three? Yeah. And you're on them, I imagine. <laughs> A little crossover in the papers that Anne has published. So what is the current state of academia? Why is it falling down? Why are you a bit disenfranchised with it? Oh, I have my own oh, theories. Where to begin? <laughs> yeah, no, do. This is part one. Look, <laughs> what are you doing next week? <laughs> uh, this could be a continuing podcast. This is fantastic. <laughs> Continue purely, tomorrow. Purely on this Science from Serbia. So which, which part of it would you, uh, would you like to know about? The scientific funding and why it's messed up? Yep. Uh, Start with you want. <laughs> Start with your most. Hey, how about this? How about you give me your theory of what you think is wrong, and I'll expand on on that particular aspect. I I think it's interesting that we are not paid to publish. We are we are we publish to gain a reputation, to gain funding, to then publish to gain a further reputation, to gain funding. It's this cyclical thing of you are paid for the work that you've done for someone else, not for the work that you're doing now, so to speak. Like, you earn money based on a prior reputation. Yeah. Um, and that there is less and less funding going around, but there are now more and more people, and there is an overloading of qualified people. Yeah, you could say there's the same amount of funding going around. You, like, there, yeah. Give or take. More people. But, yeah, there, there, there is... There's way, the way more PhDs graduating yes. all the time. So I, I find that interesting that you are publishing in journals and you are not actually directly earning both funding or money back from that. I may be wrong. Who would you want to pay for that? The journal or the public? Yeah, I I don't know where that that money becomes generated from. Where does the journal get money from? Advertisers have plenty of money to worry about. Enough to pay us to publish? Yeah, Yeah, they could easily. Yeah. Well, just on a random note, did you know Macaulay Culkin earns $32 million a year on past stuff that he's done? So Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, royalties are massive. Yeah, I didn't know that, but $32 million? What the shit's he doing with his life? Yeah, so on the past stuff we're doing, we're not earning thirty-two million. No, I'm also not earning thirty-two million. <laughs> no, no, I meant we collectively in the room combined. We'll not earn thirty-two million in our lifetime. Uh, the whole university. None of us were in Home Alone one, two, or three. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, but that's crazy. And probably lost all the math. Like, well, he's off that now, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Like, good. Yeah, on. no, he's made a comeback apparently. But anyways, we digress. So, what, yeah, um, what are your thoughts on that current Okay, so situation? let's talk about funding. Yeah, so, go for it. So many issues. So one issue is that, basically the issue that you brought up, which is that you're rewarded for past successes. Mm. So if you are to get a grant from the ARC or the NHMRC in Australia, you basically have to have already had a grant from that body. Exactly. And there's some that first time grant. crazy stats going around. Um, mm. Like, there was something for the NHMRC recently, and I'll probably boggle, uh, get the number wrong, but I think the, the average age of the, of the first time an academic gets an M- their first NHMRC grant was something like 43. Yeah, and I'm right. 20 years away from that. <laughs> you're 20 years away from that. You're going to finish your PhD in a couple of years. Yeah. And then you've got this and gap of 15 years yeah. where, right, where you're, you're, you're working on other people's funding. Yeah. Mm. And therefore, even though you're doing the work and you ask what a postdoc does, a lot of project management, so you're, doing, you're, you're controlling effectively where the science is going to go. Mm. But you're neither rewarded for that in terms of getting your own funding 
uh, no, are you really in charge of that? There's always somebody else that can just overrule it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's quite a frustrating thing. Um, the other frustrating thing is that grants are very often unsuccessful. So yes. the, <laughs> the average success rate of a grant is something like 15% in Australia. 15%? 15%. Got no and that's the grants that are already shortlisted for the councils. So all of those grants will have been screened by the universities, yeah, selected the from the pool of university grants, mm. polished by the professional the research office that, that each university has, yeah. which by the way then takes a 15% of your cut, yes. cut of your money when, when if you get the grant. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a slice off the top that the university gets. Oh. The research office takes a slice, the Can faculty takes a slice. Them? No. Well, yes, but no. But they won't allow you to, right? That's they won't allow you to submit because you have to get through the internal selection process. Yeah. But why can't you just submit on your own? Of course. Just stay there. That's right. You're not, yeah, you But, like, do you need the support of If the we're university? in the 18th century, this would all be a lot easier because you'd have some rich patron who would be supporting your science and giving you money. That's what uh, we need to do. Basically, well, our rich patron is the university. Yeah. So but you need to support the rich university. women who have yachts and stuff and they... Um, Are you suggesting I get a sugar mama? <laughs> yes. And, no, no, but you can like apply to those rich women with yachts and say, I want to use your boat for scientific purposes. Can you fund this research? And there's some people that do that. Yeah, but philanthropy is a small percentage of research funding. And well, like, it's still an option. Well, I'd love to see it happen in real life, Anne. What am I going to do with my research yacht time? I don't know. Maybe you could put some bioreactors on the yacht and go collect water samples and incubate on the yacht. Like, just drop iron filings off the back and no, we know that do red work. field ratio yeah, yeah. stuff. We know that doesn't work. Do we for sure though? Bit of geoengineering. Iron yeah, fertilization like. will not solve the climate problem. We're not trying to solve the climate, we're just trying to produce more biomass. You can just shoot some parasols into the, the atmosphere and make some clouds. That's, that's a great idea. There's that is great. All these options. You could do it with a big hose. <laughs> what? Do you see that? <laughs> what? Just like have a massive hose. Which is held up by um, helium balloons. Okay. <laughs> and then you shoot. Pa- um, pa- what are they called? I don't know. Parasols are parasols umbrellas, is. though, right? Mm, yeah. Like <laughs> French umbrellas, like a day and <laughs> yeah, the sun. Yeah, ones with lace. What is, what is a parasol in this case? Uh, it's the wrong word. Give it the right word. Give it the right word. The little know. particles that make clouds. Uh, DMS. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. You've been indoctrinated. <laughs> Cloud condensing nuclei. Okay, yeah, fine. We'll, we'll go with that. Is that, that close? I, I don't know. I was like, yeah. smoke? Yeah. yeah. You need particles to. Yeah, okay. So we're pumping, we're making our own clouds to what end? To more cool, rain? To cool. No, you're making more clouds for the. Um, the sun to reflect off. Yeah, exactly. You want you want the sun to reflect off the clouds. I'm not living in England. Mm. <laughs> like, no, I like it being a little bit sunny. Yeah, but you could do it over the poles because most of the warming is happening in the That's poles. That's a good point. Yeah. So you can no just... one needs sunlight down there. Yeah. No one's there. Katarina, if you're listening to this podcast, sorry. We're sorry. Um, <laughs> We're sorry, Katarina. We love the MSP. <laughs> Right, so what else, do you think that this is deterring people from coming into science or do they not know that 
this is how like I didn't know I, I got sucked in and now I'm here but you would what? know by the end of your PhD wait expand on that you, you would know. what did you not know when the, the way that funding and cash flow works and well, but that still doesn't know. matter for you now no it doesn't yeah. matter I, I'm, I'm here on a pittance doing what I like <laughs> I've always been poor this is fine I'm actually earning more than I've ever earned this is yeah. great but yeah if you're someone who's 30 and comes back to do a PhD and you have a family like my oh. god I don't know how those people do it. I was There's talking, so many. I was listening to someone in the lunchroom and they're like, yeah, we came over and we were living here and it was me and my husband and my child. I was like, how do you do this with a child? Mm. And they're like, living in a one-bedroom apartment. It's nuts. Couldn't and it. it's shit. And they bring the children in on the weekends. That's, Poor <laughs> that's happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, it's tough. tough. Um, tough. And that brings us to another aspect of this, which is increasing casualization of academic jobs. Mm. And we're... Very so, much seeing that right now. Exactly. We've currently got the uh, the union fighting mm. our, our university on, on how many casual jobs there should be. Like, there's no com- com- conversation about whether there should be casual jobs. Yeah. But just the, the amount of it that's happening. And it's a huge amount. It's something like 70% of all jobs at UTS are casual. That's insane. So and that means... Year to year yeah. contract. If they're not casual, they'd be all contract, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like short-term contract. Well, at least short-term contract, at least not casual. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So you're effectively hire, you're hiring a person to teach a class of undergraduates. Yeah. Which is, by the way, the main income stream of the university. Exactly. If you don't have that teaching of the undergraduates, what's the point of this yeah. place? And you're hiring a person on a casual basis to teach that subject. Mm. So they could be gone tomorrow. They can just be like, oh, well, I can't be bothered to get up on Friday and <laughs> give yeah. this lecture. Well... That, that is true as much as because we do like demonstrating and stuff but you've signed a contract and stuff but if I didn't turn up I don't think the university would notice no they'd probably give me a contract if I asked for one next time with the right supervisor oh, there'd be no screening some people have not turned up to classes yeah exactly to teach. I always get fill-ins and stuff but you know it's, it's crazy people owe me money for me filling in for them actually mm. so what's the problem with giving people proper contracts no, that would be better than... No, yeah, I know, but, like, what's the problem with the uni not wanting to do that? I don't know. So like, you just hire someone... You're going to have to get the vice-chancellor in here and uh, <laughs> have this conversation so with Attila. Should you shoot him an email tomorrow? Oh, I don't have the journalistic integrity to pursue you, you, can, <laughs> you can start with, hey, Attila, how much money do you make per year? Hey! <laughs> how much did that BMW down in the basement cost? Is he got a beamer? Mm-hmm. Very it's nice beamer. Vice-chancellor's beamer. Does it say BC? Yeah, okay. says BC. Is that the number plate? Yeah, that's BC the number plate. BC 001. It's double 007. Double. It says the Hun. <laughs> I'm always like that. Until I'm not. Yeah, I just don't think it gets mentioned enough or thrown around. I really think you could live up to that reputation though as well. Like just be just a badass. Who is like, the child Attila? Like that's amazing. He's Hungarian. Have... Come on, it's is a pretty a common, common name. Yeah. Com- oh, okay. Yeah. It's like your name's like Boyan. Like it's, it's an ethnic thing. No, like, who no. names their child Hillary? It's not Hillary though. No, that's different. Boyan's very common. That I knew. But who I knew. names the child Anne with one N? Yeah, yeah that's strange. That's not Anne. strange. Or Nan Arm. Shut up. Nan Arm Trump. It's very normal. Yeah, in Vietnam. So leave, leave it to so his first name or I just assumed he was born here and then his, his parents here in Australia were like, let's call him Attila. 
Hey, this conversation is getting way too serious. No. So I'm going to bring it back to something that came up in one of the previous podcasts. Oh, you've got you've got uh, bones mm. to pick. Yeah. He's got so many bones. Yeah. To pick. You're one of our biggest detractors. One of yeah. our biggest. No, not detractors. You give a lot of feedback, <laughs> constructive <laughs> criticism, like a good supervisor. Why is shit scared of me? Me? Yeah. Like, you're just a tall, intimidating dude. <laughs> I, I was saying the other day to someone that people with blue eyes can't be scary, but I find you intimidating. I have green eyes. Fuck off. You're colorblind as well? Apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's scary. Look, you're six foot. Stay away from me. From Serbia. Of course, I'm scared of you. All the American propaganda has told me I'm scared of you. Just to reiterate. Ellery said that he needs a divider in the corridor of some kind, yeah. so he doesn't have so to walk past me and say you. hello. Is she threatening? Well. Look at you. You walk past, you got a grin on your face like, I could murder you with my bare hands. I'm like, I, I fucking believe it. That's my own issue is I just, sometimes I feel threatened. So it's for, not you. For corridor it's etiquette. Yeah, have you got some, some chip-ins here? Just like, say hello person's name. But every time? I'll do it first time in the morning. I'm yeah, fine to say, hey, Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. Yeah, but then if I see you consistently every day. But use the person's name. You big on the person's name? I'm, I'm big on the person's name for that, that first thing. meeting in the corridor. What do you. If you know the person's first, name. If you don't, you go like, hey, buddy. Well, everyone knows you're saying that because you don't know their name. Yeah, so exactly. you should just say, hey. So you should. No. So yeah. what about, what about hey. the etiquette of knowing yeah. someone's name before they know yours? Oh, I love to do that. Same. So do I. It's kind of like a position of power. Yeah. It's like, you don't know who I am. But how are you finding out their name? The power of naming someone. There is someone. so many ways to find out other people's but names. why would you want to do that? Because it shows you listen and you know who they are and it's like, I, I'm somewhat yeah. like engaged with you. No, yeah. because you've interacted with them before? Uh, you've yeah. either listened so to a conversation you or you've read their name badge or you oh, walk okay, past their fine. desk. Or you ask someone, who's yeah, that? Who's that? this dude? Yeah. No, I don't have much interest in knowing those people. Until like I <laughs> What a missed opportunity. Like, until I interact. Until you have to interact yeah. with them. No, I like using people's names. It expands your network. Walk down the group and be like, oh that guy, I've seen him around, but I don't know what he's doing. It gives you the illusion of being popular. It does. Then I guess for stage where people know what your name is, you're like I'm like, when when did that switch? You're like, hey Tim, and they're like, What? Who are you? Alright, so are you scared of me, Adam? No. You should no, be. you should be. He could kill you with his bare hands. He could ruin my career. Fair enough. Um, I'm a good guy. I only say nice things. Fair enough. Valerie <laughs> has run out of topics. No, 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 He's got like five more questions. <laughs> no, Bowie has really covered them nicely. He's, oh, he's integrated good. and interweaved and. S- yeah, Segway. I feel like I've started a whole bunch of conversations and I haven't finished any of them. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Do, that's do you need to finish any of them? Huh? Do you want to finish any of them? Do not you have any all. points you want no, to touch no, on? No. Excellent. So, why do you like beach volleyball? Is that, is that your sport of choice? You've been saying you've been playing a bit lately. Um, what oh, what does it for you about beach volleyball? Because I, I hate it. Let's just clarify that when we it? say uh, playing a bit lately, we're talking about training every morning at yeah, 5 a.m. Yeah. I was going to say, for the last four or five years. Every I single day? No, for the last few months. Okay, I've right. been playing all the tournaments that are... Did you play before this intense training period? No, but I've always been big into sport. So yeah. So I've I played basketball for Imperial for seven years. And 
what's Imperial? The Imperial My College. Age, yeah, Imperial Where College. First five. Hmm? First yeah. five. Big dog. Not always the first five, but first team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So that was my sport, and then tennis is another one of my sports. That's really? my dad is also big into tennis, so he's a Serbian. Wow. Yeah, surprising, <laughs> right? Who would have thought? <laughs> we, we have Revelation. another Djokovic and five other players yeah, in the top one hundred. <laughs> there you go. But this actually all started recently. Like all, all these um, tennis being big in Serbia. Like all okay. these all these players are younger than me. Yeah? Yeah. They're all younger than me, so So you used to thrash them on the courts. No. Nah. <laughs> nah. In my generation there there weren't really any big players that came out. Is there any particular reason for the growth of it in Serbia? I don't know, it's very surprising. I think it started with the growth of female tennis in Russia. With, uh, with a lot of mm. not just Russian but Eastern European female players coming through Russian Czech, etc. Mm. Um, and then yeah, Serbian families are very similar to, to Russian families in that they push their children very hard, sometimes too hard. You know the story of Jelena Dokic? I do. <laughs> and her father. I do. <laughs> She's recently published the book anyway. We'll make for interesting reading. Was that was that part of your life or No, 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 no. But, but my, my dad was into tennis and he taught me the game and yeah, I've got my tennis coaching certificates. So really? Yeah, I can I can Hey, do. you can get some pointers. I'd Haven't love you some been pointers. filming your tennis? Play? Oh the last time I played, don't yeah. watch the footage you do. <laughs> you be like you're lazy, you don't move your feet, you don't follow through, your forehand is atrocious and your backhand is not having a go. <laughs> <laughs> my, my back is a terrible. All right, so I, you know, I, I don't mind making a bit of extra money so I can give you a few lessons if oh, you want. Fuck off, I'm not paying you. <laughs> I coach myself to be slightly better than I am. Fine, keep recording I mean, yourself. You, you, you can make me a lot better, but nah, it's not I, I'll look at those recordings and just laugh. So, is sport like a major outlet for you away from science? Yeah, that's, big that's time. It'll thing. be like my main activity outside work, and it always has been. Okay, cool. So, coming here, I had some problems with my knees having played basketball for so many years so I didn't really want to do any uh, sports on hard surfaces true uh, and tennis is a bit of an expensive hobby it is around here hey do you know why you and can so, go in to play tennis for real cheap Barara oh, you know how far away that is <laughs> I know. that's not real cheap how much does it cost you to come get out there so one <laughs> you just gotta get out there and drive so it's not that expensive. Right. Then you get there, no one is manning the tennis courts, so you play for free. Oh, so they are actually paid courts. Yeah. You just choose yeah, to they've pay. got those at Marrickville as well. No, they're paid courts, but there's they've, no they've one, got them in there's no well. one there, so you just never pay. Okay, well, I'll, I'll bet. I'll keep that in mind <laughs> for when I relaunch my tennis career. Just in case. Yeah, so I moved to beach volleyball. Yeah. I was partly inspired by um, our friend. Which friend? Oh, Daniel Wankapants. Shout out to Daniel Wankapants. Must be listening Who? over in uh, over in San Diego. Right, you know him, I don't. Like, never heard of this last name. You don't He's, know Daniel? No, no. Everyone knows Daniel. Mm, he was before your time, I think. Fair enough. But yeah, is you've got right into it because you've been playing. You're saying world tournaments, world series, or no, Australian series? No, yeah, I was playing the national tour. Right, I'm talking about ago. too far. No, no, <laughs> not, not playing the world tour yet. Or, nor will I ever be. I'm a bit yeah, too right. old for that now. Yeah, you passed prime. I'm too short, yeah. Is it a difficult game to pick up, or not really, because you played tennis? I imagine you played doubles tennis as well. No, the tennis doesn't really help. The basketball helps a bit with, with you your know, jump, timing your jump. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, still, all the, the technique is completely different, so I learned the technique from scratch. I'd never played any volleyball of any kind before. 
Wow. I've still never played indoor volleyball. Nor will I ever play. No, it's just a waste of time. Because if I go indoor, I'll just play basketball. <laughs> you, you, you know what yeah. you like. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, so why is it a good sport? Yeah, yeah. Like why are you so so your, What does it provide? You're outdoors. Uh, that is good. It's, it's a very safe sport to play because you're on a soft surface. There's mm. no contact uh, either with your own teammates or the opposition because there's, it's a big court and there's only two, two players per side, per team. So I've, I really haven't had any serious injuries in three years of playing beach volleyball, which is a new one for me. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. So that's really nice. Being out is really nice. Um, chicks with bikinis. Very nice, generally. It's always a plus. Nice. Like, you know, back playing basketball, you just have you bunch of bunch of, bunch of sweaty dudes and then like the really big black chicks that wanted to sleep with someone. Oh, and okay. there was... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to sleep with someone? They just, maybe they just wanted to play basketball. No, they were good. No, they were like the wags. Um. <laughs> <laughs> On the bleachers. <laughs> so, do you find, because in a lot of Australian sport, there's just heaps of trash talk or sledging yeah. or chirping. Is that no, a big thing in... Sport. Yeah, is that is that an international thing? Does that happen in beach volleyball? Like, you, across the net, are you, are you sledging <laughs> your opponent? Not so much. You, there's a lot of sledging in social games. Oh yeah, yeah, that's social it, sport. It, in it's social great. games, the the sledging is at a whole a at a whole sport, different Henry. level. Yeah, I suppose you're playing it at a, at a serious. When you're level. competing, there's a little bit of sledging, but not too much. Like in basketball, what the trash talk is. Oh yeah, Alan Iverson levels. <laughs> practice? What do you mean practice? <laughs> Um, well, so you're gonna shout your sledging in beach volleyball. Nobody gonna hear you. Yeah, it's you. too far. Yeah. <laughs> the referees will hear. If you're too net, you know, I suppose, all right. Yeah. Yeah, so but there's, like, there's a lot of good sportsmanship in beach volleyball okay. because nice. because it's a small sport. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not it's really a small pretty niche. You run the same people every week. Exactly. Which is like, weird. Do you think people feel like everybody here plays beach volleyball? If no. If you're from, like, overseas, you think it's like... I don't think that. No? Everybody here plays like. I feel like that happened when yeah, Australia football. won in the Olympics one time. Yeah, that was. Oh, teams. that's that's the classic thing. I mean, and then they're like, oh my god. So so think about that. So that was two thousand, right? The, the think, Olympics yeah. in Sydney. That was the first year that beach volleyball became was an Olympic a sport. Thing, yeah. yeah. So that's the year beach volleyball became a, a sport. Effectively, it was very mm. small, very mm. like back basically Super non-existent niche. before that. Yeah. yeah. So that's seventeen years. That's all. That's all there is of history. Yeah. So it's still a very, very small sport that's growing. Mm. And it's, uh, I think it's an attractive sport both to watch and to play. So Yeah, uh, and there's a certain amount of athleticism. Because I, I come here from a very Australian-focused sporting background. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because there's so many internationals here. I come in and I'm like, I'm probably the only person who likes rugby or cricket in this entire place. I think there's two other guys <laughs> who like cricket. I'm like, that's it. But the Which love... Is fair enough. I'm yeah, I, am, oh, I get it. Cricket is boring as bad <laughs> shit, but I fucking love it. <laughs> I watch every the day of the Ashes if I can. Nah, they will be soon. Uh, okay. We're 2-0 up. Don't worry. Yeah. Ashes up. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, but like football is massive here in the soccer sense. I went down and played on the futsal courts. And I was like, oh, I'm the token Australian guy, <laughs> and I was just terrible. Me too. Um, By the yeah. way, if you wanna, if you have knee problems and you wanna get injured, futsal's the sport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm actually it's sporting one at the moment. Oh my god, that's. Yeah, I already got shit knees. 
Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I gotta start taking that easy. But yeah, oh, there you go. But yeah. So what's what's your point? <laughs> no, I how, how does it relate to beach volleyball? Um, no, I just find it really interesting <laughs> that you, all these views and different sports and these landscapes I've never actually engaged in. Um, you know, it's it's just a melting pot. That's why I really like coming here on a regular basis with all these internationals around. They're like, "What are you doing?" And it's like, "Oh, I'm." going to play beach volleyball or I'm doing mobile skiing or I, I used to be doing mobile skiing. Yeah, like imagine if you're a mobile an under 12 mobile skiing champion from like I bet Lorenzo skis like yeah, yeah he's from the, I'm no, afraid no, of the snow the it's from the south I don't know where yeah, he's probably he's in the mafia he does like he vo- makes pizza. volcanoes surfing yeah like something cool oh, like yeah. I'm afraid of snow like why are you what? afraid of snow? I'm not afraid of snow. You're afraid of me, you're it. afraid of snow. Yeah, it's well, everything you know. Never, soft. Have you never been to Parish or Threadbow? No. What the shit? I've never been to either of those places, yeah, nor have I heard of them. But you've seen you snow. Even, of course I've seen snow. You're not even from here. <laughs> Although I haven't seen snow in about five years. Yeah, yeah. Neither have I. The last time I saw snow was in my hometown, maybe five years ago. And we had about a meter and a half. I can't imagine that. The only time I've actually yeah. seen and felt snow, I think we went to... I remember coming out of a play when I was like four years old and there was grey slush on the ground. Oh, that's not snow. And playing rugby once in the same grey slush. That's what, disgusting. here in Australia? Yeah, Bathurst. Oh. That's disgusting. Yeah. When it's the just, snow starts melting in big cities, oh, that's yeah. the worst. It was just gross. And that, that's my experience of being around snow. I was in Canada, I could see it on the mountains, but... You should have gone up to the mountains. It's all the way up there. That's cold. It's why I like snow. But the snow is magical. And there was no grass to cut up there, so... <laughs> exactly. What was I going to do? You'd have had no job. <laughs> well, fine. You'll have to go back to Canada in the winter. I'm sure there's... Yeah, but it's cold. <laughs> I don't like snow. I'm not about yeah, it. That's no, why I went in the summer. Go to Japan. Go to New Zealand. I'm going there, actually. Interesting. In the weather. summer. Yeah, in the summer. <laughs> Go in the winter. No, but I think New Zealand's better in the summer. You can hike the mountains and you can walk, you can go on the glaciers and stuff. You know, one of my uh, colleagues here, mm. an interesting American guy, mm. uh, he, yeah. he came to a conference in New Zealand, <laughs> three day conference, and he had one day either side for himself. That's right. And he brought his surfboard and his skis. For one day. <laughs> you do it all. <laughs> and Surf, he ski, skate. to actually do both. Can you tell the story of when he went to go skiing? Oh, when he went skiing? Yeah, so he's, he's a little bit abrupt. Yeah, okay. Um, and I have no idea if he's listening to this. Probably not. Years. And so we were, we were out at following the conference dinner. So the conference had just finished and we're having drinks and he was drinking with us. And then he's just like, he looked at his watch and he's like, Oh, I need to go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, was, everyone had that reaction, like, <laughs> what, sure, man. what are you talking about? You want another round? Like, um, and, and no, he, he, he went outside, he got in his car. And off he went. And we're just looking at him, he's like, he's just going to crash. Like, <laughs> what is this? Oh. Where is he going? He's, surely he's not going up to the slopes now. He's, you know, he's got to be back home in Sydney day after tomorrow and he just charged the slopes he drove up next day on Instagram I saw pictures of snow and then pictures of him skiing what so he literally spent like three hours on the slopes 
he spent enough time to break a leg, or was there an arm? No, nose. Nose? He broke his nose. It was his nose. Breaking your nose skiing would suck. He just like headbutt right into a tree. Did he headbutt into a tree, or did he kick himself in the face with his key? Either or, I don't know. But definitely there was a thing over the nose. Ah, you're right, yeah. And there were no crutches or arm slings at all. So, Fair enough. Skiing is a dangerous a... sport. Stay away from snow. Yeah, I, just, mm. I do. That stuff is messed up. It's wet go. and it's cold. And it gets everywhere. And people throw it at you. <laughs> yeah, see, oh, I don't fun, like it. That's fun, that's fun. That's fun. Snowball right. fights. Are we done? Yeah, I guess we're done. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to the people? <laughs> that's abrupt. <laughs> I just think we were meandering. I'm like, you Shut know. Up now. No, I just thought like when we when we meander or... like and we're all looking at gaps and stuff and like just looking around the table nodding at each other it's like okay well I think we're, we've said everything we need to say yeah fair enough um, do cool. you have anything else you'd like do you, do you want to you know let the people know about yourself at all oh, well, like a plug yeah do you yeah. want your insta to be followed give him enough time to speak about himself my insta I don't even know what my handle is and can you what? can you research this and, and put it in the Facebook page. Yeah, do do you post your research if anybody would like to look up more? Yeah, I did post uh, a picture of a tubular rack up on the roof. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What is that? You know the one that says no photography? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I took a photo of that. Yeah, very nice. When was this recently? Rebel. Hashtag rebel. Recently? Hashtag rebel. Please do. Wait, when was this recently? When did I take the photo? It's been a few months. Oh, okay. Well, that's all It said no touching, no touching. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah. I've never been on this podcast before. Well, so we, weren't, we weren't running a few months ago, were we? Yeah, yeah true. Um, would you like to come back at any point? I mean, you don't have to. Possibly. Fantastic. If I'm still around. Yeah, Otherwise, you're going to have to come to me to the beach. Yeah, we'll be yeah. at uh, Bonyan's Beach Volleyball Game. Beachside yeah. podcast. Mm. And you can are, are you looking for crowds at Beach Volleyball? I mean, we don't get many. We can do, we can do interviews and stuff. Side. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you'd probably get more listeners if you if you moved into that genre. <laughs> Do you know how many listeners you have? Um, we had a hundred and forty downloads on one or two or three episodes. So yeah, there's okay. people out there. But you can't. You can't tell. I think it's too don't soon specifically to get stats, know right? But there's uh, a way you can. There's a way I haven't looked. But we it. don't. If I got into it, then I'd be doing my thesis on that. <laughs> I would spend way too much time yeah, so yeah. it's probably like I get right for uh, me in cricket stats and stuff like that that's how I learned to do averages and strike rate. like what's I that super into numbers what's that really weird method in cricket when it rains the Duckworth Lewis system what is that shit oh uh, it's what no it actually uses... let's stop right what? here kill yeah. it kill it yeah. <laughs> actually let me stop talking and then kill it I, I don't know how it works specifically but it uses runs scored run rates wickets fallen overs left in time I don't know how it works but it's weird I don't like it either alright let's